Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. It is 6.35. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning. Rolene Marks, a very good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I am good this morning. And yourself? I am well, thank you. So, very, very strong words from uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, completely rejecting what can't have been really a serious Hamas offer, was it? Well, as the Americans said, it's a little over the top. Right, a little. Uh, that, uh, a little over the top, Hamas's uh, demands. Uh, and uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken saying there are clear non-starters in Hamas's response. He says there is space for an agreement, but, uh, you know, some of the demands were just uh, like absolutely untenable. Um, Israeli officials yesterday telling Channel 13 that there are some demands that Israel will absolutely not meet and uh, they're going back to the drawing board back to to examine it. But yes, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu yet again telling us total victory, total victory, total victory and you know uh, this seems to be the the uh, standard line from the Prime Minister at the moment but the families of hostages telling him Total victory means we get our families back. But a very difficult position for him to be in because uh, you obviously need to negotiate with somebody who, who is a, a partner on the other side. Are they a partner? That's the well, problem. That's the I mean, problem, Hamas, exactly. Uh, mm. uh, Hamas have, have put, uh, I'm not just going to say Israel, but all of us, into a very, very difficult corner. They have the ultimate bargaining chips. They know that uh, it's a matter of our our DNA, it's a matter of our moral and ethics that we don't leave anyone behind. Look how hard we have been fighting for Oron Shaul and Hadar Golden, Avera Megistu and Hisham al-Sayed. We don't forget they are also uh, amongst those that are being negotiated for and we've been negotiating since uh, 2014 for that. Um, and, and this is Hamas's war, uh, psychological war, not just against the families, uh, not just against the people of Israel, but against, I think, every decent citizen in the, in the world. You know, I was on a podcast yesterday, they were talking about uh, Hamas psychological warfare and I said don't think also for a minute that the civilian numbers aren't manipulating you as news consumers because they they know how to play with people's emotions they know how to to play with western ideals and that is exactly how they manipulate everybody it's well it is remarkable because that's exactly what we've seen we see uh, the excuses being made for Hamas it's always and, and these are people from people who who aren't supporters of, of terror, who are generally reasonable people. But when it comes to the Israel-Hamas story, you see Israel being held responsible for, for pretty much everything. The fact that Hamas was so, uh, and I'm using the word smart in inverted commas, that they knew that key to their success, again in inverted commas, was going to be taking of hostages. And it was so meticulously planned 
that it should leave us the whole world cold but somehow the impact of the hostages feels to me like just words when when even when they repeat it saying yes uh, all the hostages must be released i don't feel it i'm not feeling it from them it, there, there, I, there's something I agree wrong with you there. There's no real authenticity. It feels like people are going through the motions because it seems to be, uh, you know, we better say, we better give, uh, uh, throw the Israelis or the Jews some bones so we'll mention the hostages. But in essence, uh, I challenge real journalists, real people who are concerned with the situation uh, and not performatively to really, really investigate the reality on the ground. There is a fascinating study or report just been released by the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. A summary has been uh, published in the Jerusalem Post today about how Hamas manipulates civilian casualties. And yet we see journalists, credible journalists and, and, and good people around the world just gobbling up this information uh, as if it is absolute stated fact. Uh, and it, it really, really astounds me. I mean, we also see the profound double uh, standard. Last night, I saw a statistic coming in uh, from Doctors Without Borders that a child in Sudan, where there has been a horrific genocide, uh, dies every two hours as a result of starvation because there are uh, Sudanese being kept in um, uh, refugee camps without access to to food, without access to water, without access to electricity, and we don't hear a peep. Yeah, because it's, it, 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 it's just this absolute obsession with Israel. And you know, I, I can't forget uh, Natan Sharansky, uh, one of the world's most famous human rights icons, a good friend of uh, Nelson Mandela saying that he defines his uh, anti-Semitism by the three Ds. Demonization, we've certainly seen plenty of that, Howard. Mm -hmm. Delegitimization, a lot of that too. And also double standard. Interesting comment, though, from France, uh, Macron, uh, denouncing the, the attacks. Very strong words from him. What, uh, what happened? What did he say? Well, yesterday, uh, President Macron and the French uh, held a very, very moving um, commemoration to the 42 French civilians who were murdered on October the 7th. And he said this is the uh, grossest atrocity, this grossest atrocity of anti-Semitism uh, that has been committed in our century. And he went on to denounce anti-Semitism. Uh, he called it, uh, I'm going to read it to you here, he called it rampant, uninhibited anti-Semitism. And he said that this is the biggest anti-Semitic massacre of our century. Uh, and, you know, we welcome these harsh words uh, and we welcome the condemnations from leaders around the world. But what we really want to see is action. We want to know that hate marches are done away with, or at least the language is done away with, or, or those that are calling for our extermination are, are arrested and dealt with. We want to know that our children can go to university campuses without being terrified for their lives. Uh, we want to know that we can sit in restaurants 
or wear a mug in David, or shop in a kosher store, or attend a funeral without being harassed and without fearing for our lives. So very positive support there from Macron and a uh, very, very good to see. Finally, any updates with regard to UNRWA? We don't have uh, too many updates. UNRWA yesterday saying that they will release their report in, in March. And uh, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, saying they must be fully, fully investigated. But their work uh, needs to be preserved. Now, what is Israel's position is actually quite interesting. Um, we want UNRWA to continue their work during for the duration of this war because of the uh, vital function that they, they provide disseminating aid, allegedly, because uh, Hamas um, hijacks that aid. Mm -hmm. However, after this war, we want the uh, we want UNRWA to be dissolved. We want what we call denazification of the Gaza Strip. So all that incitement of hate. Uh, that happens in UNRWA textbooks and UNRWA schools needs to be completely, completely uh, reformed and, and rehauled uh, for, for all of us, uh, and we include Palestinians in this, for all of us to have a better future, we need a complete demilitarization and a complete denazification of the Gaza Strip. Rolene Marks, thank you. As always, it is 6.45. We'll catch Rolene Marks this afternoon on the Overdrive and then tomorrow morning when Rolene Marks will be with us at 7.45.